0: money second part of this two-part episode where dominic frisbee gives his gives his money tips on where we are heading financially in this economy he also gives two areas where you can invest for during a recession plus We talk about Bitcoin, which has been one of the most popular topics on this podcast. So it's great to hear from the person who actually wrote the book on Bitcoin. So thank you so much for Dominic for the interview. Thank you you at home, the listener who is listening to this podcast. And also thank you for everyone who's liked, subscribed and told one person about this podcast. Please continue to do this. Please like, please subscribe, and please tell one person about Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. So, one of the we talked a lot about um, Bitcoin on this podcast previously, and kind of cryptocurrency, and um, yeah, I was one of the first times I actually heard about cryptocurrency probably yeah five six years ago was from reading your articles on Money Week and your kind of um, yeah your discussions on that. So tell me more about kind of the evolution of cryptocurrency i mean your book was written in 2014 if you look at the um the kind of graph the price graph it was um yeah it was peanuts back at the price of a bitcoin was peanuts compared to what it is today tell me where you see it moving to uh, kind of history behind it, and kind of where you see um yeah bitcoin improving things for the better or where do you see the the kind of bitcoin move or cryptocurrency market moving in the future
1: well um I'm very excited about Bitcoin. It's important to understand what Bitcoin is. Yeah. It was invented to be cash for the internet. Yeah. Now, I distinguish when I say cash, I distinguish between cash and money. Okay. If you go into into a shop and you buy a newspaper and you play with your credit card. Yeah. uh, You're not paying with cash in okay. the sense that there is the middleman in that transaction yeah which is you know the card payment provider the credit card company the bank in fact there are probably several different middlemen in that transaction yeah now it's a very efficient transaction from the point of, pay, point of view of payments processing yeah but it's not a cash transaction okay a cash transaction is when i hand the shopkeeper directly that money yeah and that transaction is directly between me and him yeah it involves no middlemen um, it is quick, it is fast, it is direct, it is private, it's very efficient for small amounts of money. And as soon as you involve other middlemen in a transaction, yeah. the two participants in that transaction are weakened. Okay. So the credit card company can, desc- can decide that it doesn't want to process the payment or you know, yeah. there's all sorts of financial bodies that have access to the information in that payment. There's very all sorts of things going on. So, cash empowers its users. Okay. And for years, um, computer coders had been trying to find a cash system on the internet that replicated the cash transaction in real life. Yeah. And they, for one reason or another, there was all sorts of technical problems and they couldn't do it. Basically, the problem was a thing called double spending. Okay. Where... all Internet caches is a piece of computer code. Yeah. And the problem was people copying and pasting that code several times over and effectively printing the money. They couldn't yeah. stop it without kind of some kind of central body to process the transactions, at which point it is no longer a cash transaction. And the breakthrough of Bitcoin was this database, the blockchain, yeah. to solved the problem. And why I'm excited about Bitcoin is, firstly, it's a system of money that the supply of which is finite. Yeah, um, it's the system of money which can't be meddled with, so yeah. the government can't suddenly describe decide that it needs more money and print more bitcoins. It's, it's, it's non it's apolitical money. Yeah, if you know, you, uh, the problem with money today is it gets used as a political tool. Sure, the US, uh, you know, the USA uses its dollar as a weapon in international or it stops Iran making payments or does whatever it wants to do. Yeah, it uses the dollar as a weapon as a weapon, Yeah. but politicians like now, the politicians have decided that the system needs bailing out because of the coronavirus and yeah. paying people's wages and so on. Now you might agree with that and say that's the right thing to do, or you might disagree with that and think it's the, the wrong thing to do. But it still doesn't change the fact that, that politicians, uh, the government issues the pound or the bank giving yeah. issues the pound or between them, the state issues the pound. And then the state can print more of that if it wants to, and use money for political ends. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, if the state prints more money, it is debasing the money that you own and the money in which you are paid. If yeah. You're printing more of something, you are, you are inherently debasing it. Yeah. Sure. The beauty of Bitcoin is that it empowers its users, and it cannot be printed. So its value will be preserved over time in a way that you just cannot see with fiat money like. The panel. Yeah yeah so it's an incredible force the other beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that if you think the internet is essentially borderless it's a borderless I know that you have dot code dot fr or whatever but it's essentially borderless it's a borderless medium um it's you know it's almost stateless yeah and but the one thing it lacked was a system of money that is equally borderless okay you know because and but bitcoin solved that problem it is it is and so it is a cash system for the internet yeah and in terms of its potential if you just think of the potential of the internet yeah well if 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 something becomes the default cash system i'm not talking about the default money system remember i'm talking about the default cash system yeah its potential is enormous
0: and okay is bitcoin. so and also not, it's not just bitcoin as a currency but actually blockchain technology what you can actually use for the ledgers behind it and what what kind of technology do you see it being used for mainly? So, um, well, there's
1: all, there's, I mean, there was a big buzz about blockchain tech in 2016, 2017. There was yeah. A bit of a bubble over it, which has now burst.
0: Yeah, but it's a similar bubble, bubble in the internet. I mean, you look at True back in 2000. Was in 2000. So um, yeah I, I, I bought lastmit.com and it kind of <laughs> the, the the irony of the name was lost to me at the time as it kind of um, it plummeted um, but yeah, yeah. you look at the you look at the power of the internet today the the Facebook you know Amazon people yeah the big companies today have built on the technology of the the internet it will that be similar to what the, the kind of companies in the future will they all be based on blockchain Well that's that's
1: that, that is the hope that is some people's hope, but what what basically has happened is that this database, the blockchain, all sorts of applications for it are being investigated and explored beyond an alternative system of cash. Yeah. So it's very useful to register ownership because once something's registered on the blockchain, it can't be hacked or interfered with. It's a very u- useful system of record, so Yeah. for example, you could use it to record you know, the car the D- yeah. PLA could use it to record who owns what car. Yeah. Or who owns what stock. Yeah. Or who owns what shares or who yeah. owns what land or whatever. Yeah. And then you once you can got the ownership of record of, of something recorded, you can use it to trade ownership. Yeah. So it's gonna have to use potentially have to use you know, the Nasdaq are investigating ways that, that blockchain can be used to, to, to trade and sell shares yeah. and so on.
0: I used to work in the I mean, shipping industry, and it's um, we used to call, use a thing called bills of lading, which is like piece of paper that if whenever you get transport a ship from A to B, you have to take that um, piece of paper with it. There's a lot of talk about uh, there always been talk about electronic bills of lading, these bills that are taken on the ship. But yeah, if you could make that into some new blockchain yeah, technology to about
1: using it in shipping. So that yeah. everything that, that is on the ship is. Rec- uh, is recorded in some kind of blockchain and when it goes across various borders the taxes and everything is automatically deducted and it saves having to sort of audit the whole ship it's a much more exactly. efficient way of transporting goods um, so yeah so it's used to in, in systems of, 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 of record to trade financial goods and there are all sorts about you know um, identity it's very useful in identity if you think of your online identity yeah um, uh, you know for example refugees one of the biggest problems with being a refugee is you have to carry so much paperwork with you to prove yeah. you know who you are and so on and you know if you could just carry your identity you know all the paperwork you need to carry on your phone and it's endorsed by some kind of thing that proves it's correct and it would have a great value there yeah um, identity management and so on so these are all different things that that blockchain is is Blockchain's potential is being explored for. Yeah. Um, and um, we shall discover which of them work and which of them don't. Okay. This podcast
0: episode was sponsored by the book Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. What is the price of education? University fees now cost nine nine thousand pounds. Navigating the minefield of investing, avoiding costly errors may cost you thousands of pounds. A Times report revealed the cost of financial advice would cost you hundreds of thousands of pounds over 20 years just to top up a lifetime allowance on your pension. Millennial Money Mindset, if you want the fruits, you need the roots, empowers you to make your own investing decisions. It aims to put money into your pocket, time back into your day, and remove stress from your life all for under £10. Millennial Money Mindset, if you want the fruit, you need the root, is now available on Amazon, in print, Kindle, or Audible versions. It was shortlisted by the Financial Times in 2018. Where do you think we're, where, where do you think we're heading to economically now? The, uh, we say it's a... So, huge uh, recession. Okay. And you think it's going to be bad enough, in, even in a depression, you think it's going to be worse than the th- 30s?
1: I wouldn't say that because, actually, I'd, if I'm right, I'm not that good on my history of the period, but I don't think the UK was as bad as effective as the US was. You know, yeah, you, you showed people in who were alive in the Great Depression who yeah. were going hungry. Yeah, They really could not afford food. Yeah, uh, They were literally begging. You showed them all the supermarkets and the abundance of food that we have and the hot water, and the central heating, and the mobile phones, and the internet, and all the things we enjoy today, Um, I don't think they'd have a great deal of sympathy.
0: And remember, they didn't
1: call the Great Depression, in in the 1930s, the Great Depression referred to something that happened in the 1890s or something. It was only called the Great Depression about 15 or 20 years afterwards. But anyway, so I don't think people would have a great deal of sympathy. And, but human beings rely on trade and exchange
2: yeah. to progress.
1: Yeah, we need to constantly exchange things. That's how we progress. Yeah, and you know we were in a, with globalization and the internet and everything else. We were in an age of unprecedented potential global travel. Yeah, and this virus has dramatically restricted our ability to exchange anything. Yeah, and. Um, so it's like literally, uh, not literally, figuratively, you know, tied a noose, like a lead. It's put everything on a huge lead and it can't go forward in the way
0: yeah. But you're not, know...
1: but I mean, if you think of all the companies that have had to shut up down because of this, yeah, um, it's, you know, and, and the, the impact hasn't been felt yet. You know, all these people who've lost their jobs, they've still got a bit of money in the bank. They haven't reached the point where they've got no money left. Yeah, the government's paying them eighty percent of their money and so on. Now, yeah, you know, government can't just carry on doing that. It's going to just if it carries on doing that, um, it might feel the need to do it because it's under political pressure to do it. And if it doesn't, the Daily Mail will go bananas. Yeah, and, and and and, but it will destroy the currency. Yeah, and the destruction of the currency is anyone who tells you's lived in a place where currency is being destroyed, whether it's Venezuela or Zimbabwe or Weimar Germany. Yeah. You know, it's pretty ugly. Now, we're still away from that, but already, just in two weeks, the debasement of the pound that's gone on is, is frightening. Yeah. And it's not just the pound. It's going to be the euro. It's going to be... Dollar, it's,
0: it's the most currency. But surely it's debating against something else. The, the whole currency—it's um, it's always US pound against the dollar or a euro against the yen. It's it's always one for one, isn't it? It's well, I guess your argument. Or, uh, I guess here what here happens will, if you print more money than it just purchasing
1: power of your money will fall.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in, hyperinflation or inflation was, is is the big worry at the moment. You think?
1: Well, inflation means. The inflating, the expansion of the money supply, with the consequence of higher prices. That is the traditional economic yeah. definition of inflation. Now, when people say inflation, they just mean higher prices. Yeah. But it, it, it traditionally it means to inflate. You blow up the money supply. Yeah. And that is what they're doing at the moment. So they they are inflating at the moment. The consequences of that inflation are yet to be felt. Yeah. Yeah, that that comes later.
0: So, how can someone um, protect themselves? Obviously, this isn't financial advice. This is just information I'm talking about what. I guess coming back to your cryptocurrency, um, that would be one, or gold would be another one to protect yourself.
1: Yeah, the way to protect yourself, the traditional way to protect yourself, is to own assets that are nobody else's liability, that cannot be, uh, whose value cannot be eroded by governments printing more of it. Yeah, and that means gold and Bitcoin
0: okay and house prices what i can't mention i can't leave a, a podcast without you without talking about house but i know money week um you m- maybe not i mean um marion somerset Webb was talking about you know the london house price and being overpriced she's been talking about that for <laughs> since i've been reading it for 15 years but well, yeah I how would you the like house the, price affect prices
1: have been overpriced since you know the dawn of time yeah but uh, the uh the um after two thousand and eight, London house prices should have fallen. Yeah, I agree. Got created through quantitative easing, and made its way. It didn't make its way into the real economy. It made its way into financial asset. Yeah. Now a house might not think you might not think that a house is a financial asset, but it is because of all the debt involved sure. in the purchasing of a, of a financial asset. And so, that's what m- pushed up house prices post 2008
0: plus interest rates yeah. being low as well
1: yeah
0: and well, help to buy scheme you arguably
1: help to buy was another one but interest the suppression of interest rates is a form of inflation yeah because money is created when credit is, is issued and you are lowering you're cheapening when you lower interest rates you're cheapening the price of money yeah um the we tend to think of debt as something that poor people have okay but actually debt is a luxury of the rich
2: okay explain that you're
1: earning 20 grand a year yeah because poor people don't have access to cheap debt okay only rich people do yeah and then they get access to that debt and then when that debt is pushed into the market that further pushes up asset prices yeah so you know i can get At 1% interest rates, I could get a 5% mortgage at 1%. Yeah. Uh, So I could borrow a million pounds, and that would cost me £10,000 a year. Yeah.
0: Compare that to credit cards at 18%, and then even like the Wonga-type credit cards, which are
1: 1,000%. If I want to to borrow a million pounds, I've got to show that I earn at least £200,000. Yeah. 200000 £250,000. Now, most people just don't earn that kind of money. But the person that does earn that kind of money is able to borrow a million pounds. It costs him 10,000 pounds a year, which is, you know, way cheaper than he'd pay rent. Yeah. Uh, um, And um, he can then get a million pounds and buy a million pound house. Yeah. So debt becomes a luxury of a rich person. It's not a luxury of a poor person. Yeah. Expensive debt is is a burden for poor people, but cheap debt is a luxury of the rich. You cheapen the price of money. You cheapen the price of debt. You exacerbate the wealth gap.
0: So surely people should be up in arms about this. What's going to is
1: housing now? Yeah. Is like I just don't see the demand for London property coming in a way that it did post two thousand and eight. Yeah. The house price crash will perhaps not be as bad as it otherwise could have been because of the fact that debt is going to be so cheap.
2: Yeah. And even if you look at a lot
1: of people who lose their jobs there's not going to be a lot of jobs created so there's just going to mean less buying pressure yeah. there's going to be some people that are going to be forced to sell their house because it's the only thing they have of any value yeah they won't you know in 89 to 94 they were forced people were forced to sell because they couldn't afford the cost of their mortgage yeah. this time around they're going to be forced to sell because they don't have any other money yeah um you know jobs have been lost and so on so there's going to be a different dynamic it won't they'll you know the government will do everything it can to prop up the housing market for all the noise it makes about building new homes you know the property crash of the the 1990s made the tories unelectable for a generation and a half the tory wants to be the guy responsible for people losing their homes however we actually do need a house price crash if 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 housing is to be affordable for young people yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people who are under 30 actually would welcome a house price. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think anyone under 40 might... Uh, maybe okay. even under 40. But People yeah. over 60 would feel rather differently about it. Yeah. And um But anyway, so, you know, there's going to be so many things propping up house prices that maybe, certainly in London, the crash won't be as bad as it could have been, but I don't see it going up in a way that it did post 2000. You
0: could you could argue that you wouldn't you don't even need to be in cities as much as you used to be with now people are locked in their houses because of corona you can do yeah,
1: you can, can, can work from home
0: etc. Yeah exactly. What
1: what happens to what ha- if London stays in lockdown for more than a few weeks? It's going to get very nasty. Yeah. And you you know this sort of remote Cotswold village or something becomes much more attractive. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you you might see a big exodus from London, particularly as you know as a result of the this this thing. Everyone is doing stuff remotely that they didn't previously do remotely. Yeah. Whether it's educating their kids or their work or their healthcare or you know all sorts of things, and these are being normalised and the adoption of remote technologies is always going to happen anyway. But this coronavirus has accelerated the process. Sure. And so once this remote thing becomes commonplace, and suddenly. You know, you can't go about your normal life because there's a risk of infection. You're actually not going to want to be. Infected. There could be a big exodus to the countryside as a result of this, yeah. depending on how long the virus lasts for. You're not mm. going to sp- want to be the rest of your life just wearing a mask and gloves and having to wash your hands every ten seconds.
0: Yeah, interesting. Wow! Yeah, no, great. That's a great insight. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. I, I don't want to hold up your time anymore, Dominic. I really appreciate. Um, I'm sure the audience appreciates all your your expertise and uh, knowledge. Um, your from your 15 years of writing at uh, Money Week and your three books that you've you've written. So, f- for anyone listening at home, how would they find you? You've got your um, you've got your your book out, and um, yeah, well, you did yeah, have spit- I would, I,
1: without wishing to blow my own trumpet, I would just say. Daylight Robbery is the best book I've ever written, and it will change the way you view the world. It will change the way you view history. It will change the way you, you view the present day, and I'm incredibly proud of it. I can't tell you how much work went into it. Okay. Daylight Robbery: How to Tax Will Shape Our Past and Will Change Our Future. You can buy it on Amazon or wherever you want. If you want a signed copy, you can buy it via my website.
0: Okay, amazing. Uh,
1: the audio book's pretty good as well. I read it. Okay. <laughs> I am my living doing voiceovers so I know what I'm doing. Okay. But, so yeah, if you want to buy that and if you want to follow me on Twitter at Dominic Frisbee and on Facebook, just Dominic Frisbee. I think I'm the Dominic Frisbee or something on
0: Facebook. Okay, and if there, assuming there is going to be a, um, a festival in, in Edinburgh, you, you speak there? Is it you going to be there this year?
1: Well, I don't know if the festival's going to go ahead. Okay, if it is, it's only going to be a, an end of what it normally would be. But yeah, I'll try and do a show up there if I can.
0: Yeah. Okay, and you would would have been at the Oxford Festival, but um, yeah, obviously, the the it's, it's kind of a new new the new normal we're living in at the moment with um, yeah without events etc. Yeah. But yeah, no, so yeah, that sounds Absolute amazing. Which, which, so yeah, daylight robbery: how tax shaped the past and will shape our future. Thank you so much, um, Dominic. That, I really appreciate it and some of those insights about Bitcoin and yeah tax and yeah especially the way the economy is w- working at the moment. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to add before um- um- Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much, Dominic. Really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, this has been Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots, please like, please subscribe, please tell one person about this podcast. Uh, My name's Neil Doy. You can get my book, Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. It's also on um, Amazon. Yeah, thanks again, and hope to speak to you or hear from you soon.
1: Speak to you soon. Money Mindset
0: Sounds right.